This is New Classical Tracks from American Public Media. I'm Julia Macher. If you're enjoying this podcast, the best thing that you can do for the show is to tell somebody else about it. Help spread the word and take a moment to rate and review us on your podcasting app. Master guitarist Berta Rojas honors the music of two trailblazing women on her new recording called Legato. She was so inspired by the story of Maria Luisa Anito, whom she knew so little about, and also Ida Presti, that she decided to put an entire recording together, featuring music that either they wrote or pieces that were written as a tribute to these women. That's what we're hearing about this week on New Classical Tracks from American Public Media. Enjoy. How are you? I know this has been a busy week, and you just had some very exciting news about... Uh, hopefully the safe return of your lost guitar. Yeah, as you are mentioning, it's a, a, a couple of hectic but very happy weeks. And uh, also the, the fact that uh, my guitar is coming back to me, that's also very important. You know that when an instrumentalist uh, loses a, an instrument that you've been working with for, in my case, 14 years, you know, I had the sensation that I had lost my voice for a little while, you know. And now that I know that my guitar will be back, then I, I, I think that I'm going to be complete again, you know. That doesn't mean that you cannot explore an, a new instrument and allow the time for the poetry to come out of that instrument. Uh, but I have worked so hard on this guitar and just to discover its secrets, you know which happens with every instrument. Every instrument will bring out different aspects of your playing, and you have to discover them, you know. What is the guitar that's featured on your new recording? Is it the one that was lost? Yeah, it's the one that is lost. Uh, I gave her a name of La Rojita, the little red one, uh, because she, she used to travel in, in this red case, you know. And since my, la- my, my last name is also Rojas, then it's La Rojita, right? And uh, so uh, La Rojita, we, we recorded this album and I finished doing the takes just the day before going to Cleveland, which happened to be the place in which my guitar was going to be stolen from me. And I remember that my mother used to say, you know, just do the things that you can today. Tomorrow might be late. Uh, and so that's what I thought of, you know, why, why should I record tonight? You know, I'm tired. But yes, I'm also ready to do this. Let's do it. And so I finished recording before going to Cleveland. You know? And when all of this happened, I was just happy that we had enough takes uh, to, to, to get this album ready, just, just ready to mix and, and to print. You know? Do you know what happened to it? I mean, did somebody actually steal it? They took it? Yeah. We were having lunch with the producers of the, of the concert in Cleveland the people from the Cleveland Guitar Society, you know. And we just stopped by for a short lunch. We only had half an hour uh, of time. 
So the producer said, no, we are going to leave the guitar safe here. And we left the guitar in the car. And somebody broke in, broke the windows, and stole the instrument. So when we came out of the restaurant, the, the guitar wasn't there, you know. And it was just very, very sad. You know? But it was also an opportunity to receive so much solidarity about losing this instrument that came from all over the world. Um, really colleagues from, 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 from everywhere just offering instruments to help, offering uh, clues on how to do to, to find it, you know, uh, all little tips that, that, they, that they could think of, you know. And the work of the Cleveland Guitar Society and the Cleveland Press that helped to bring out the, the news about the guitar being stolen and that actually uh, allowed us the possibility to uh, record the instrument uh, because what happened is that the person that bought the guitar uh, researched about the, the instrument and found the information that the instrument had been stolen. Yeah. So uh, this person uh, only thought of how to do the right thing, which was to return it to me. Oh wow! So it had been it had been sold to someone else. That's amazing that it came back into your hands. I have seen that every once in a while with other instruments that organizations will help to track it down, and it must be a real relief. It's not in your hands yet, is it, or is it already? No, it's not. We only, we only learned that the guitar is safe in, in the, the hands of the Cleveland Guitar Society yesterday. You know? So this is quite new for us. You know? Now we have to figure out to, the way to get my guitar back to me. Well, that's very exciting. It must be a relief to know that you will have it back in your hands uh, soon, and you will be reunited. So wonderful. For people who may be just discovering you, what would you like us to know about you, Berta? Mm. Well, that I am a a, a guitarist uh, from Paraguay that uh, I enjoy playing the music of Latin American composers such as Agustin Barrios and, and others and that I am very active in also promoting the guitar in my country and in Latin America and that I am a professor of, of guitar at Berklee College of Music uh, in which I am also enjoying the company of highly creative uh, and young guitarists whose dreams are becoming my dreams too. Can you talk about that a little bit more, like what's most rewarding for you as a teacher? I think the most rewarding thing is to to see that uh, so many young players are trusting you with their creativity and that you are able to hopefully you know, create a safe space in which that uh, creativity can blossom and take them to, to places. No? Uh, I think that the most important thing that a human being can have is the creative cap- capacity. No? And it's so easy sometimes to, to ruin that. You know? And so what I, what I really want to do with them is just to create that safe space in which they are free to make mistakes, to do the things that they want to do, and little by little find their own voices. Wonderful. 
Throughout your career, you have been focused on promoting the music of your homeland of Paraguay as well as Latin American music. Can you talk a little bit about how you've done that? Hmm. Well, I live in a, in a country in, in which, because I am now in Paraguay, right, enjoying my vacation. Um, in my country, sometimes it's difficult to, to make music and to promote music sometimes is is a bit hard, no? So I thought of an idea of just going to the schools and play for the kids, you know? So I did that for 10 years, no? I went to schools and, and played music, classical music for them, which they don't listen to very much. Yeah? They are afraid of classical music. But when they listen to it, they like it. And so sometimes all that it takes is to have the opportunity to listen to it, you know, uh, for them to enjoy, you know, is to be exposed to it, you know, to the beauty of classical music. So I think that the distance disappears when you are in the, in the presence of so much beauty that can come from, from a guitar, you know, right? So I play for over 50,000 kids in those 10 years, classical music by Paraguayan composer, by Agustin Bar. So that's one way that I try to, to, to reach out to them and to make them appreciate the classical music that I, that I play. Berta, how did the guitar become your instrument? How did you fall in love with classical music? I used to uh, play piano and guitar uh, when I was a, a little girl. No? And there was something with the guitar that made me fall in love with it. Probably the, the closeness of the instrument to your body, uh, the, to feel the resonance of the guitar so close to you, you know. And also the, the, the beauty of the, the warmth of the sound of the guitar totally captured me. It was very easy for me to, to feel a guitarist very early on in my life. There were a couple of competitions here in, in Paraguay, and also the ability to, to practice for that uh, made me discover also the, the, the discipline of doing something every day in the hope of reaching the, the, the desire level that you have in your mind. You know? And when things start to happen, you have this sense of achievement, right? when your fingers are able to follow the music that you have inside you. And the more you do, the more you like it, no? So with those competitions, I think I had the, the, the motivation to practice hard and, and to see my fingers starting to respond to my wishes, my musical wishes, no? You are very closely associated with the music of Augustine Barrios, a virtuoso classical guitarist and a composer from your homeland, why has he been such an important influence for you? Probably because uh, his music is a music that speaks to me uh, from the heart. Uh, I listened to that music early on in my, in my studies, and that music spoke to me in a way I, I can't define. I can only feel it. And the rhythms of Latin America that, that he explored in such a virtuosic and, and, and beautiful way, uh, I seem to, to understand it, I seem to, to dance to it, 
and I enjoy playing his music a lot. Also, I feel his life, you know. I feel the guy that, that was born in Paraguay only 15 years after a, a war that destroyed three quarters of the population of, of Paraguay died in that war, the Triple Alliance War. So Paraguay was basically destroyed when Austin Barrios was born. No? It was the Paraguay of the rebuild, of the, of the Renaissance. No? And it must have been very hard for him to try to be a musician in Latin America in those days, but especially in Paraguay in those days. You know? Even strings were hard for him to get. So instead of trying to use the, um, the god strings that were in fashion in those days, he used metal strings because those were reliable and they didn't break that often. And it was easier for him to, to get a set of those and just be on the road. Yeah. He traveled through 20 countries in Latin America in those days. He was a true pioneer of the, of the classical guitar. I remember playing in Trinidad and Tobago where he played in 1935. And a person came bringing uh, an original program of his visit to Trinidad and Tobago in 1935, you know, that uh, his family had kept, you know. So nobody keeps a program that long that if that concert didn't touch your heart, you know. So he had that ability. You know? You've also become a role model for young women hoping to follow in your footsteps. And I'm wondering, is that in some way connected to your new recording, Legato? <laughs> well, I, 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 I cannot say that, but uh, clearly uh, I, I feel that the women that uh, are pioneers of classical guitar in the world have paved the way for many of us to consider this a profession, no? And the album Legado honors two of them, yeah. Maria Luisa Nido, uh, who was born in 1907 in Argentina, uh, was a true pioneer of classical guitar. No? I heard an interview in which she talked about the difficulties that she had to travel when she was a young girl. Uh, because it wasn't, uh, a custom that a, a woman playing a guitar would travel by herself. So she had to wait until both her parents died in 1950 to start playing concerts all over the world. Yeah. So she had to wait a long time for that. And you can see her with her gray hair playing concerts in Moscow and, and some other uh, huge places, you know. And there are videos of her performances there. She was unbelievable. And also, to defy the, 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 the difficulties in those days, even writing music, arranging music, um, and writing also in folkloric styles, you know, which Maria Luisa Nido did. All of that was basically reserved for, 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 for the male composers, you know. It wasn't necessarily uh, considered that a woman would pursue music more than a, an ornament for her. Huh? But to become a professional musician was very hard in, in Latin America. So I really feel that she paved the way for us to do what we do 
now in, to be considered musicians uh, as a profession, right? Ida Presti is another pioneer of, of classical guitar. She was born in 1924 in, in France, and she lived only for 42 years. But those 42 years were enough for her to be considered the greatest virtuoso of the 20th century yeah, in classical guitar. Uh, but she stopped playing solo to play duets with her husband. I am sure it was easier for her to travel accompanied by her husband than to do a, a solo career. You know? So it's, it's, it's really um, great to feel how much we have improved from those days, right? Uh, but we needed them for this to be easy for us, no? as it is today. Uh, Ida Presti composed, she arranged, she transcribed. Uh, she inspired beautiful music uh, with her artistry to be written for her. Yeah. Uh, and those two names, only to name two, there are many other women, need to be part of the conversation. And that is what I, what I, I intend to do with this, with this album, is to contribute for their names to be a part of the conversation when we speak about the history of classical guitar. That is not only the name of, the, of the, the great male composers and guitarists that made the history of classical guitar, but also the women who made the history of classical guitar. Ida Presti even impressed the legendary guitarist Andre Segovia. He was blown away by her talent. And this recording opens with her homage to him. <laughs> The father of Ida Presti heard Segovia in a concert, and he pretty much decided that Ida Presti was going to be a guitarist herself. So from an early age, he trained her in the tradition of Segovia. Uh, Segovia was, as you said, very impressed with her talent, and uh, Ida Presti was moved by that legend and wrote this piece, uh, which is in a way a, a fantasy. On, on images that she can extract from pieces that Andres Segovia was playing. And it's such a beautiful piece that starts with a series of arpeggios. Uh, in which she shows her ability to stretch. She had a big stretch in her fingers in really difficult positions, yeah. She had a lot of flexibility. So all of those are exposed in, in, in Segovia in the very opening of the piece. And that was really with her left hand, right? Her ability to have the expanded stretches. Can you talk a little bit more about what made her style of playing unique? What made it so special? I think that the natural ability to combine the virtuosic uh, uh, technique 
as well as her innate ability to understand music the way she did. Her performances were filled with color, with grace, with um, her innate ability to, to understand the phrasing and all the nuances that she could bring in, in music. And I, I want you to listen to the recording of Segovia, of the first movement of the Sonatina by Moreno Torroba, and then listen to her recording of the Sonatina by Moreno Torroba when she was only 13 years old. And you will understand what kind of talent we are talking about. Wow. I was just watching a video right before you and I started talking, featuring you playing the John Duarte piece, which is a memory to Ida. And beautiful video with you surrounded by this gorgeous, uh, gorgeous skirt, I guess, or maybe it's a full dress, but it just sets you off so beautifully. Could you talk about this piece of music and maybe also why you decided to create a video out of this piece? Well, it's one of my favorite pieces uh, these days, this Idil Pur Ida. It shows the the sadness of of John Duarte, the composer, uh, when he heard that uh, Ida Presti had passed away. And he wrote this, this piece uh, that is a lament, in a way. Uh, um, I, I am touched by the, by the beauty of it. And when we thought of, of a, a, a piece that could, in a way, symbolize or synthesize what we have been trying to do with Legal, we thought that that piece could be maybe a, a, a good piece to have a video clip on. Uh, in these days, you also need uh, an image for what you are doing, just you know, to promote your work and to make it approachable for people. No? So the visual aspects are also seem to be important nowadays. You know, so uh, I've been doing videos for a long time now, and it's also a creative challenge for for my team here in, in Paraguay. They enjoy making videos. And I go along with it. I, I, I enjoy the, the fact that when you are creating a, a, a video, there are so many talents that work together. Um, the talents of, of people creating the look, creating that, that image, uh, getting into the story of these ladies, you know, and trying to, to get that on the, on the theater. And, and in this case, it's the Municipal Theater of Paraguay, of Asuncion. And, and this team of, you know, so many people working just to, to convey these four or five minutes of, of, of music to the audience, you know. I, I appreciate the work of producing a, a, a video clip, you know. I'm not sure if you just mentioned this other tribute to Ida, but let's talk about it. There's a prelude number one tambeau in memory of Ida Presti. This composer and why this composer was so impacted by her loss. I think that Gilbert Viverian, uh, he was deeply impacted by the passing of Ida 
And the day that he knew of the passing of Ida Presti, May 5th, 1967, he wrote this uh, prelude, with, which, in a in a way, is the the, the oh, what would be the word for this, uh, Julie? The deep sadness that he felt, and also the the well, I don't find the the, the words for it, but it's the deep sadness that he felt when he learned about the passing of Ida Presti, that he wrote this, this piece. And he even dated it, May 5th, 1967, you know. Uh, and he just sat and wrote the piece, you know, in one sitting, you know. And he tried to put in that piece all the sensations that he was experimenting by by the, the losing of this uh, wonderful uh, legend of, of the guitar. Let's talk a little bit more about Maria Luisa Anito. You have said that Maria Luisa Anito was a revelation for you. Why is that? Can you talk more about that, please? Because I didn't know about about her, and when I started uh, researching for this album and and listening more to her music and reading more about her, I I I fell in love with the with the figure and what she represented. You know, and being Latin America also feeling the the path that she had to go through to try to to pursue her dream, you know. It was very touching to me. Uh, Maria Luisa Nido was also the daughter of a, of a, a classical guitarist. And uh, she studied with Miguel Llobet. Miguel Llobet, a famous uh, guitarist student of Tarrega, was living in South America in those days. And he was so impressed by the talent of Maria Luisa Nido that uh, he played duets with her. And they recorded uh, together. Those are probably the the first uh, duets uh, album that were recorded by um, by classical guitarists, no? Uh, and he said that if uh, Maria Luisa Nido was a a man, he would have invited her to travel to Europe, but he couldn't. Uh-huh. Uh, Maria Luisa Anido was a composer also. And he adventured herself to write even in folkloric style. Uh, So I find that her music is, is very sincere, very honest. Uh, and I was really blown away by, by the beauty of, of pieces like El Misa Chico. Which is a, a tribute to her mother. And you can feel in El, El Misa Chico the sadness of her uh, when her mother passed, you know. 
and Isabaguala, which is a traditional rhythm from Argentina, which is a ritual dance. Yeah. So you can actually feel the, the body being carried to its final resting place and accompanied by the drumming. And then those thirds that sing on the guitar, you know. They sing with the deep sadness of the death. Yeah? And then finally the way she describes the passing of her mother with one single note. It's very simple but very, very powerful for me. There is a musical portrait of Anito on this recording by Sergio Assad, and it features four movements. Can you talk about each of those movements, please, and how they represent her? Yeah. Uh, when I was working on this uh, album, I was looking for pieces that were written by them, by Maria Luisa and Ida, but also pieces that were dedicated to them. And I didn't find much about pieces that were dedicated to Maria Luisa Nido. So I said, maybe we can, we can do something about it. And so I called Maestro Sergio Sat and, and told him about this, this idea. And he said, I'll be happy to write a portrait of Maria Luisa Nido. I admire her. Yeah. Uh, and so he wrote this uh, portrait of Maria, Lu of Maria Luisa working mainly on the travels of Maria Luisa Anil. So he starts with a chacarera, which is a traditional rhythm from Argentina, to describe her, her youth in Argentina. Then he writes a zapateado. portray the, the travels to Spain uh, and in El Zapateado he reharmonized a piece by Maria Luisa Nido which is called the, La Canción del Yucatán Then he writes uh, A Bariña an aire de Kalinka to describe her travels to Russia. And uh, he finishes with a salsa. Uh, to describe her, her times in, in Cuba. And what is interesting about this is that all the motives of the pieces uh, are based on, on musical anagrams, you know, he dedicates one, one sound to every letter of her name, and that's how, she, how he creates the, the motives of the, the, of the pieces, you know. So Maria Luisa Anido is actually a theme, a musical theme that he created, and he uses that theme to develop in the, in the music, yeah. And the four movements uh, show the same idea 
that's how he builds these uh, portraits. Berta, as you were putting this project together, what did you discover about yourself? And maybe it's something that surprised you. Mm. How, how much we have to do to, to try to create opportunities for everybody to, to reach their, their goals and to fulfill their dreams, no? And that there shouldn't be any limitations for us to do that. Uh, that if we have the, the possibility to give everybody equal access to opportunities, I think that's what we should try to work on in the world. No? Uh, what happened with so many women that maybe didn't have the opportunity to fulfill their dreams, you know? And what would have happened if they had that opportunity? Uh, and that still is the case in many places today. So that is what I, I wish that we, we'll, as, as, as human, will work on, you know, to try to create equal access to opportunities for everybody. The new recording is called Legato, featuring master guitarist Roberto Rojas. Thanks to Valerie Kaler, our producer of new classical tracks from American Public Media. I'm Julia Macher.